one custom car care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We're going to have some, I don't know, shop talk today? Story story time in A1. How yeah, about that? Yeah, I think that's great. I'm really excited about this show. So this is kind of your brainchild, or it is your brainchild, and I'm tagging along this week. Yeah. Uh, so a few weeks back, we're like, hey, you know, and occasionally I do bring out some old stories, but this is, you basically set up some time with some of our folks and stopped into the shop and had kind of... Uh, Story time with Harlan, story time with Darren, and story time with Ryan. Is yeah, that right? basically. So I was trying to think of a couple different show topics that we could talk about. And I love to bring in the other texts from oh, yeah. A1 because, you know, I love you, Dustin, but it's not just you. It's and not. I know that a lot of people come in and they expect mm-hmm. to see you, but they don't expect to see Darren or Harlan or Ryan or David or Amanda mm-hmm. and so on and so on. So I love to bring them on and kind of introduce them. So whenever a listener does go into the shop, they know that person Absolutely. as well. And so kind of came up with this show topic of what is one of the weirdest or maybe craziest repairs that has stuck with you throughout your years. Because all of the technicians over at A1, this isn't something that they have been doing for, you know, six months or eight months. This is years and years of being in the automotive industry. And so basically, I just sat down with several technicians when they had some time in between working and I just got their interviews and their stories and it really kind of turned into um, even though it's a story time it's kind of like a lesson time so I figured with this first segment I could ask you what is like the weirdest or craziest repair that has been on your mind that you think about quite a bit so I've had some real crazy ones over the years I've had animals trapped in vehicles I know a lot of technicians run into that One of the ones that comes to mind first is I had a gentleman come to our Republic shop. I hadn't been in the industry very long. We do custom exhaust repair and and obviously OE or original equipment exhaust repair. And so as I get the work order, the gentleman's waiting there. It's, you know, just to check my exhaust kind of ticket really doesn't say much on there. He says, hey, I want my come along back. And, and so I'm just like, oh, okay. I have no idea what he's talking about. And I'm sure you, you're aware of what a come along is. I don't know if you've ever used one, but, you know, it's a ratcheting mechanism to, to move heavy loads, right? So he had this little card. I pull it up on the lift, and he had, had broken a flex pipe, or essentially his exhaust had broken. And he had hooked one hook on the back of it and one hook on the front of it, and he had come along the exhaust back together. So that's what was holding everything together. And then, if I remember right, there were some bungee cords holding everything up so it wouldn't drag. But I'd never seen anybody do that before. And I've seen some, you know, what I consider MacGyver repairs. But that was a pretty good one. Um, I had another one. I've seen a lot of soup cans where people have tried to mend things with soda cans, soup cans, beer cans, you know, whatever you can can fathom. But one of the best ones ever, I think, was uh, uh, some folks in a Jeep. And I don't know the story behind it, but they had a stick that was stuck through the AC condenser and through the radiator, and it was stuck with such force that neither one of them were leaking. And now that's not a long-term repair by any means. It shouldn't stay like that. We did fix it for them. But uh, that stick, or I don't know if it was a piece of a mailbox or what they had run over, 
but I remember it wedged through there. Oh, it reminds me of another one if I got just a second. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Uh, but that one, and then another one, a gentleman had when the six-liter Power Stroke first came out. He had owned this truck probably four years, if I remember right, and he ended up developing a coolant leak at the lower radiator hose. And I pulled the webbing back, and somebody had used um, duct tape and wrapped that radiator hose in duct tape. And he said he had owned that truck three or four years, and it was like that before he bought it. So I'm not saying anybody should do any of this stuff out there, but it amazed me that that duct tape had worked and held for three or four years on a rubber radiator hose, and he hadn't had any problems with it until then. Oh, my goodness. I know. It was like how I couldn't get away with that. Like, if I try and, like, you know, kind of fix something on my personal stuff, it bites me in the rear every single time. And I've just had to learn over the years, I don't have that kind of luck. I got to fix it all, do it 150% because I don't get away with those like half patch r- repairs. Um, so I don't know if well, any of those. that's a couple of different lessons right there. I guess there. so. I guess One, so. One, uh, don't work on things yourself if you can trust the professionals. Yeah. And two, definitely if you're going to buy a vehicle, pre-purchase inspections oh, yes. right there. Absolutely. That's very, very true. I feel like all of these stories that we're going to hear today <laughs> are, even though they're just story times, they're like little lessons. Yes. So it's kind of like a, a story or a lesson behind the story. Yeah. You kind of, and, and that's really why Sarah and I do the show is to open the, the kind of the veil, if you will, or you get to see, uh, what is it in Wizard of Oz? You get to see the behind the curtain. Yeah. Behind the curtain, basically. So same deal. You know, it's, we're all just people, but we're trying to do the very best we can. And we want to make sure that there's not like a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know that we're giving it at all. Right. So. Well, you know, the next interview that I will play is I'm going to interview Harlan. Mm -hmm. And first off, I think that was probably the first time I have ever actually sat down and had a full-blown conversation with Harlan. The nicest gentleman I have ever talked to, by the way. But he really gives a good lesson, um, especially when it comes to making sure that you keep up within your career, making Mm -hmm. sure that you're getting the education that you need. And I know that's something that we talk about quite a bit on this show, but that is something that is so very important. And it's kind of one of those stories where this is a perfect example of it. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play that interview. And then after the interview, we're going to take a break and then we will be right back. Excellent. My name is Harlan Lupton. I started working on cars when I was 18, right out of high school. I went into the army and was a mechanic in the army. So didn't work on cars there. It was tanks and trucks and stuff like that. And then got out of the army, went right into the automotive industry. First couple of years, I did a lot of oil changes and tires and brakes. And I, my second job was at a Chevrolet dealership. They sent me to a school called General Motors Specialized Electronics. And it was, I think, a week long studying electronics, electricity, how to do wire repairs, computer repairs. And so that was that's my foundation for doing electrical work. A couple of jobs later, I was working at a Chrysler dealership and I was the only mechanic there. And so at 25 years old, I was in over my head, but I was able to get it done. And a woman came in and her car was blowing a fuse. And I don't remember what all was not working, but I remember the backup lights were not working. And I look at a wiring diagram to see what all was on the fuse. And the wiring near the transmission would be the easiest to get to. So I raised the car up and looked. 
and the wiring had fallen on the exhaust and melted the insulation, shorted out the wires. That's what's popping the fuses. So I fit repair the wire and fix it where it can't get on the exhaust again. And now all these problems that she had been having were fixed. And she told me she'd had it at three shops prior trying to fix this problem. And that shocked me because, like I said, I was 25 years old and over my head. But because of the training I had and the information that I had, service information, it was a very easy repair. Not to be all braggy, but I thought that was really cool. A bunch of old guys had looked at it and couldn't fix it, and, and I did. So that's that's the, the only one that really sticks out. Um, Training matters. Yeah, it does. And we get lots of it here. I've had lots and lots of it over the years. Um, currently, I'm learning diesel. Oh. I have never wanted to work on diesel because mm-hmm. they're messy. And uh, um, we have some um, maintenance companies or maintenance departments that have been bringing older diesel vehicles and I've been having to learn them and I never wanted to be the diesel guy but it makes Lois very happy so I'm the diesel guy now there you go um and right now I'm working on an ambulance it's my first real ambulance the other ones were decommissioned ambulances and so one from Ozark County has come up there and had to have me work on it because their mechanic in Ozark County could not figure out why it was dying and Dustin and I go for a test drive, and, and he's reading the scan tool while we're doing it, and we see the problem in a 10-minute test drive. And That's a good feeling. With, yeah, with the training and the years of experience, it was easy. So. All right, well, thank you. You bet. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, you sat down with some of our folks. You guys are going to hear from them throughout the show. How was that experience? It was really a lot of fun. You know, I like to try to do different things where I innovate uh, different technicians within the show. I love it when we do interviews with them, get their different thoughts and perspective. You know, it's always really nice to hear from you, but it's nice to hear from the other guys as well. Exactly. And so we decided to do kind of a fun show. It kind of turned into a story time, mm-hmm. turned lesson time. And basically, I just posed the question of what is one of the weirdest or craziest repairs that has kind of stuck with you while you're working through the automotive industry. So it's interesting. Technicians, a lot of times we won't remember your name. Sometimes we maybe don't even remember your face. And and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just keeping it real. However, we will remember almost every nut and bolt for years on the vehicles we service. You know, I literally drive through Springfield and I know, I, and Stacy probably thinks I'm an idiot, but I, I worked on that car. I put dual exhaust. I put tires. Uh, we put a starter and a, a battery. Like, just I know those cars. I know those people. And it's almost like this... Uh, I'm sure I've brought this up in the past, but uh, were you a Seinfeld fan at all? Did you ever watch Seinfeld? Yes. So there was like some two different obsessive mechanics, and one of them I remember he's like, "Jerry, did you take your car to a quick lube?" Like he's just scolding Jerry, and I don't want to say that I'm that guy, but I'm that guy, you know. And and I'm not trying to tell you guys bring it to us. If you've got somebody who does good service, awesome. I am 100% supportive. If you don't, 
don't think that every uh, facility is created equal because a lot of times that's because we do full service, very uh, particular automotive repair. Um, you know, they take it somewhere else for these easy, and I'm using some air quotes out there, these easy repairs, and then they create bigger problems, and then they decide to bring them to us, where it would just be easier and much more simple on our life if when you have an easy repair, it just gets taken care of right the first time, versus having to deal with all the repercussions of malpractice, if you will. And so I don't know if any of that came up in your discussions at all, but it did. actually. It did. Okay. See, yes. I haven't even listened to these, honestly. So <laughs> no, uh, it was definitely a, um, we had one interview where we talked about somebody who had went to a big box parts store yeah. and turned out that they started spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah. on items that they didn't necessarily need to fix. Yep, and some of those big box parts stores, you're replacing those OE parts with inferior parts. So not only are you not fixing the right thing, you're creating a whole lot of other things that either are or potentially will be problems that typically we work through in the in the future, where if you'd left that original part on there that was working just fine, you'd have been in good shape. Yep, and Darren is the one, actually, who uh, we'll hear from here in just a little bit. But, you know, he actually, shout out to Darren. He is the one who did a ton of he work did. on my car not too terribly long ago. And when I pulled into the shop, he forgot I was doing interviews. Uh-huh. And so he had this panicked look because <laughs> he was going on a test drive. Yep. And I waved at him and he had this look like what are you doing here <laughs> and then he realized when he came back he came and found me and he realized oh she's here for the interview yeah. i forgot but yeah he had that look of oh no well then that speaks of pride and ownership you yes know, that, absolutely yeah it's not like you know we don't love seeing you all the time sarah we truly do but we take you know yours and everybody else out there that we do service work for super seriously Things happen. They truly do. And when they do happen, we we basically put that to the front of the line and we deal with it and we move on. So big, big deal. Well, we're going to hear from Darren. And awesome. then uh, once that interview wraps up, we're going to take us a quick break and then we'll be back. Perfect. Hi, my name is Darren Stalker. I work for A1 Custom Car Care. I've been in the business working on cars as a profession for about 25 years now. I've been doing diagnostics for a very large portion of that since probably about 2000 and this is kind of my specialty i'd like to relate one particular story that's stuck in my mind over the years this was i don't know probably eight nine years ago i had a chrysler sebring i believe it was about a 2012 with a 2.4 liter come in the customer had originally stated that he had had the check engine light come on and it had a crankshaft position sensor code in it and he had had it read at a parts store, and so he put a crankshaft position sensor in it, which, by the way, is likely the, what the problem was on this particular vehicle, and it probably fixed that particular issue. But without having the knowledge, experience, and tooling to actually complete that repair, he ended up having issues where the car would start, the check engine light would come on, and it would start flashing. And then it would start running really rough and misfiring and really didn't want, hardly want to go down the road. And it would set misfire codes for various cylinders. So he ended up putting plugs and coils and a few other things in there to try and fix that without fixing it and spent several hundred dollars. He ended up bringing it to me and 
I noticed when I drove it, I could drive it and it would run smooth. As soon as I got above about 2,000 RPMs, the check engine light would come on flashing, which is an indication of a serious misfire. But it was still driving just smooth as could be. But after I drove it like that for about 30 seconds or so, then it would start uh, running rough and misfiring. And I determined that was because the computer was shutting off injectors on the misfiring cylinders like it's supposed to, according to emissions regulations. So I brought it back to the shop and did some investigation. And I did not see any problems with the ignition or anything like that. And the fact that it was not misfiring when the it was registering misfires initially made me think that the computer was probably getting confused and misreading something. So I started I using an oscilloscope, which I use for a lot of occasions on reading stuff and figuring stuff out. And I was looking at injector timing and seeing if the timing was happening like it was supposed to, all the injectors were firing in the proper order and so forth. And one of the reasons I look at that is because basically your computer and your car is basically it's, it's a bunch of clocks and it expects everything to be in just certain time. And if something gets out of time, it gets confused, so to speak. And it's, then it doesn't know what to do in certain things. And if you look at your injector timing, uh, you will see that really quickly because that's one of the first places it will show up. It doesn't know when to fire the injectors the proper time and so forth. So when I got this to act up in the shop, I was looking at the injector timing, and yeah, I could see it not firing injectors, firing injectors multiple times, firing them out of order and stuff like that whenever you'd raise the RPM up above about 2,000 RPM. So I proceeded to, in this type of situation, with my knowledge, I know that it means that the computer is getting confused because it does not know where the cam and crank, especially in relation to each other, is where it's supposed to be. So I scoped the cam and the crank and it looked, the signals were both good and, and looked to be in time and so forth. Um, and after a few other tests, I end up just um, going in with the scanner and there's a process called relearning the crankshaft. And basically you're telling the computer to relearn any variations in how the crankshaft spins inside the motor and any variations on how the sensor might read that. And the reason I did this is whenever you replace a sensor, like a crankshaft sensor or um, an internal component of the engine uh, that could vary, uh, these things you're supposed to do this relearn or else the computer can get confused and cause issues such as what we are experiencing. So I basically mashed a button and uh, did a relearn using the scanner and problem completely solved. One of the reasons why this stuck with me is because uh, it's just uh, it was a good example of, yeah, the customer probably fixed it initially by replacing the crank sensor, but without having the knowledge or the tools to know to do the, the crankshaft relearn, basically he ended up spending more money than he would have if he would have had it professionally done by a good certified technician. And it was just one of those things that I, in talking to the customer afterwards, he kind of was kicking himself. So um, just a simple story that I kind of want to relate that stuck to me over the years. But. Yeah, it's a good lesson. We are going to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin 
Having a little different show, you know, introducing some of our other folks. So, Sarah, I want to ask you a question before we get into another segment. Sure. Uh, so, you are a radio aficionado. Would that be a good way to describe you? I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I I like that word. I like saying aficionado. Feels very official. But you're not a automotive person. Is that also correct? Yes. Okay. You have been a longtime producer of this year's show, which you and I now are a part of. How is it and how has your experience changed coming into our shops? Initially, how did you feel and how do you feel now? Well, I used to feel very comfortable when I first met you. Mm -hmm. So I always liked to just chit chat with you. I'd be, hey, is Dustin here (laughs) kind of thing. But now I've gotten to the point where I can walk into the sunset location and I'm like, hey, Jim. Hey, David. Hey, Amanda. And I know that sometimes if there's somebody sitting in the waiting room, they're probably like, man, this girl is here all the time. (laughs) Well, that's true. But I've also spent a lot of time getting to know everybody Mm -hmm. over the years. And so I don't have to have that like little crutch of relying on you. I can rely on everybody there and I trust and I know everybody there. And that's a really good feeling. It it makes a difference. And and I think to your point earlier in the show is I can't be everywhere and I can't work on every car that comes through the door, which I love. And and that would be awesome. But this is a much bigger deal than me. I realize I come and and Sarah and I share our day with you or our week with you uh, once a week here. But there's so much getting done throughout the time that I really don't have any boots on the ground part of. And so this is a, a fantastic way to kind of open up that, hey, there's a lot of work getting done that I don't ever have any a part of. And the reason that that is, and I've talked about it a lot, but, um, you know, I get to work with some of the best people in the industry, hands down, period. And I'm not just putting that out there. Everybody thinks they're great. I'm sure everybody thinks that they're the best at their game. Um, these people push me, and I consider myself very, very good at what I do and continue my education. Um, to be better every single day. So for you to experience and really kind of see that, I don't want to say from the outside looking in because you get a a little bit more of an intimate view of us, um, but you get to see what we're made of you know, on a daily basis or weekly basis here. And you've been a part of that for a long time now. And hopefully that's helped kind of your expectation, if you will, of what the what the field should be like. Does that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. And like I just want to reiterate, I absolutely love it when I do get to come in there and I get to uh, oftentimes I don't hardly see you because you are running around from yeah. shop to shop. But I do love spending my time whenever I see Jim or whenever I see Harlan or Darren or Macy or whoever I see. I love being able to talk to them. And I love having that level of comfort, Mm -hmm. knowing that I can trust them just as much as I trust you. Even, you know, a lot of times and I've done my mom's service work, obviously, for decades. But now we're at the point that a lot of times I can't necessarily drop what I'm doing because I'm taking care of, you know, a lot of times one of you out there listening And so she has that comfort level and has expressed a very similar point of view. And so she'll come in, get service done, and then she'll just text me later. Thank you so much. Mike out at Republic's wonderful or James or Troy or, you know, Jason, you know, Cody, whoever, David at each one of our locations, whoever takes care of her. Um, and I really had no idea a, she was coming or B, you know, what she was getting done. She takes care of everything. They take care of her and she goes on about her day as quickly and painlessly as possible. So 
to have and express that, that's a big deal. That makes me feel very comfortable that it's not like, oh, you know, so-and-so's got to work on your car or this or that. Um, it just happens. And I'm so thankful for that because uh, that just that doesn't happen by accident, I guess is my point. Um, it's one thing to be great at what you do. It's a whole nother thing to be uh, able to build and be a part of a team at that same level that's taking care of business, you know, as well as you're doing, if not better. That's a pretty cool thing. Well, this next interview that we're going to play, a lot of our listeners know him. He comes out, um, I think it's every other week, mm-hmm. if not every week, yep. out to Scramblers when we're doing the Friday Road Show, Ryan. And he gives us our car care tip of the week. He's also been a huge, tremendous person when it comes to our car care show as yes. well. He's helped fill in. He's done a lot of different types of interviews with us. So we're very appreciative of him. And he actually had a pretty good story, which made me kind of smile when he started telling me. But, well, he told a couple different stories, but he talks about animals, mm-hmm. basically. And that's kind of how I got my animal, too. That's awesome. And so I thought that's such a great story and a really good lesson is to definitely make sure to check your vehicles yeah. uh, whenever it is cold outside. It's that perfect lesson of just, you know, give yourself a little bit of time. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. He started sharing that story. And then I told him when we were done with the interview, I said, that is exactly how I got my cat. Because one of our coworkers over at Ryan's work, one of his coworkers, he had drove like 45 minutes with a kitten that his cat had just had underneath the hood of his vehicle. And uh, he was you know, wanting to get rid of the kittens anyways. And he asked my husband, hey, I know you guys just got a farm. You want a farm cat? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) So it was a really good little story. Uh, My cat's name is Mike now. We call him Fat Mike because he's had one bad experience in his life and he likes to just sit around and eat. That's okay. It happens. But yeah, so we're going to play Ryan's interview. He's going to talk about cars and animals. And uh, once we play that interview, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Awesome. My name is Ryan Cusey, and I've been a technician for about 15 years total time at this point. Um, I've been in the automotive industry for about four years longer than that. And it's been one of those experiences that you run into different things every day, not just from the repair side, but also from the cars and people are unpredictable side. And what we often forget is that mixing, you know, mechanical objects and uh, animals can be very interesting. So some of the most memorable moments I have with regards to being an automotive technician when I was working in the bays would have to be in relation to animals. And I could say, I I had a pretty sad moment when we had a local rental company call us up. They told us that they had a vehicle that just stank. The the vehicle just smelled horrible. And, you know, we thought, okay, well, that's fine. Maybe it just needs cleaned out. Maybe there's something wrong with the engine. Um, We just thought maybe it needs cleaned out. Maybe there's something wrong with the engine. And when it got there, uh, their their driver dropped it off and... uh, Probably several hours later, one of us technicians went out, grabbed the keys, walked out to the vehicle, and within a a pretty good distance, probably every bit of 10 or 15 feet, uh, you could smell the vehicle, and it just smelled like something had died, just just to put it bluntly. 
and nobody wanted to touch it. So I volunteered and I went out to this vehicle, got it into a bay. Everybody couldn't stand uh, being in the shop at that point in time. And unfortunately, we found that um, this the bumper on the vehicle was really hard. There weren't very many holes, like, you know, for accessing, like, the radiator things. And a cat had gotten in there and had unfortunately died. And uh, I'm assuming it's just it couldn't get back out. And it was something where I think I spent two hours taking apart the bumper to get to the, the part where the, the cat's body was. And then we had to actually, like, clean it out and spray it out. But... Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's a probably a really good reason why everybody always suggests, hey, check your vehicle in cold weather, you know, knock on the hood, uh, you know, maybe wait a little bit before you start up and make sure there's nothing trapped there. Um, but on a lighter note, we did have a customer who had to, t- to tow a vehicle in, had to bring a vehicle to us on a, on a flatbed pickup. Uh, because they had popped their hood in their driveway to check their fluids, and there was a snake laying there. And they just immediately closed the hood and panically called us and called the tow truck company, had it towed in, and said, you got to get the snake out. And we're thinking, you just, I, what are we going to do? So we, we ended up popping the hood. It had found a hiding place, of course. Um, and we found it kind of snestled on top of something, probably trying to stay warm. And uh, it was just a corn snake, and he was about three feet long, and he wasn't angry at anybody. He just wanted to stay warm. So we took him out, and we put him out behind the shop because we didn't know what else to do with him. And I don't know if he you know, made it or didn't make it or whatever, but knowing snakes, he, he was probably fine. And then my favorite stories would be um, people finding animals um, and rescuing them and saving them. And I, I personally got to experience that twice. Um, once we had a really little customer that she always, she paid really close attention to her vehicle and she was really good about bringing it by. If it was ever doing things, she wanted to, to make sure we could catch it in the act. And so she calls us this one morning, she's commuting into work. Um, she worked a few blocks down the street from where I was at, you know, working as a technician and she is telling us she started her car up. She hears this horrible, like, screeching, moaning, whining type of sound from under the hood. And so she's going to bring it by. He said, that's fine. So she pulls up in the parking lot and um, pulls up behind a vehicle I'm working on and gets out. She's like, I don't know. It stopped about 15 minutes into my drive. And she drives about 45 minutes down I-44 every day to, to get to where she worked. And I open the hood and the vehicle is running and I look in and it's a it's a Chevy Tahoe. So it has two battery trays, one on the driver's side, one on the passenger side. And the passenger side battery tray was empty because this didn't have like the heavy duty electrical package. And on that tray was this black cat just staring at the radiator fan that's spinning like inches in front of its face. And then it looks up at me and it opens its mouth and all that comes out is this just pitiful like croak. And that cat ended up being named, being named Cat. Uh, And he came home with us. He was obviously somebody's pet. We actually were worried that he looked suspiciously like a local dealership's like mascot pet that they had at at the dealership. And we called and checked to make sure that he was there and he was okay. So Cat came home with us 
and he became Big Cat because he was the biggest one that we had on our on our property. He was declawed, and yet he still caught all sorts of rabbits and mice and lived with us for, I don't know, probably four or five years. And eventually, about two years after I got him, he started meowing again. But until then, all he could get out was this kind of like, you know. And I, to this day, swear that, that he was the noise that she heard. And, and so, once again, there's your lesson in, in checking for animals. Um, we had another lady who, who came in. And this was when I moved to Springfield, and she brought us a vehicle in the fall for an oil change. And immediately when the technician opened the hood, this cat just jumped out, ran across the shop, and hid inside my desk. Um, And you could see, like, little footprint marks and fur marks on hot things under the hood where the, the cat had unfortunately been. And so she laid behind my printer that entire day for every bit of, like, a nine hour shift. And uh, I, I, you know, finally got her to kind of calm down and drink some water and get out. And then when I brought her home, she hid behind my couch for almost a week um, because she just her little foot pads were all all burnt and toasty. And she was just really traumatized. And she ended up being an, an excellent cat as well. Just super friendly and, you know, kept all of the mice away. And so every, realistically, every cat I've ever had has been car related. So one of, one of my favorite memories just has to be this, the stuff that unites us with, uh, with animals when it comes to working on cars. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We've talked about a lot today, haven't we, Sarah? Absolutely. So a lot of the thought and process, you know, A1 Customs been around a long time. Uh, I don't even know, probably 35 years, something like that. Uh, I was looking at Troy. Troy's been, I looked at his hire date the other day. I don't mm-hmm. know why I was even looking at this. You want to take a guess what year he was hired? I don't know, but he's been there a long time. So it says that he was hired in 86. Nuh-uh. Yep. For real. So, story about Troy, and I guess I'm bringing this up because we're, you know, introducing or, you know, sharing some of our team stories with you guys this week, uh, which was awesome, by the way, Sarah. Thank you for making all that happen. You're welcome. Uh, I'm sure we'll make it to Troy at some part in time, but this being something that came up this week. um, So, Troy's dad ran one of our stores for many years. No kidding. And years later, we don't have the store anymore. We had we had moved locations. But years later, Troy took it over, and he ran that same store that his dad had ran for many years. I didn't know that. That's really neat. It's very, very cool. And so I worked with Troy when he was running that store early on in my career. So this is probably 20 years ago. And now Troy is out at our Republic location, absolute man at custom exhaust work that's one of his very strong suits as many but he's definitely as far as anybody in the company that i lean on for really high-end custom exhaust work troy's it he does a heck of a good job um but i was looking at his hire date and to have been with the same company consistently since 86 i don't think there's a lot of folks out there that say that anymore i think that was an old thing you know where people with 30 40 years at a company as I'm coming up on 20, I'm not quite there yet. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago. It really doesn't, even though a couple decades is quite a while. Uh, but to see Troy doing it for, you know, getting, we're, we're approaching 40 years at that point, which is a huge, huge deal. 
So when he, I remember when he did his 30 year, we took him out to Hemingway's breakfast and sat down and just kind of reflected on things. Um, I, Hemingway's is not doing breakfast right now. Did you know that? Uh-uh. I know out there, anybody that's away from Springfield, Hemingway's is the uh, restaurant in Bass Pro. I loved their breakfast, so I am devastated that they're not doing breakfast. So I guess when Troy's 40 year comes up, we'll have to find somewhere else. But um, he does absolutely fantastic work, and I really enjoy being able to work with somebody that has been a master of his craft for so many years. And essentially, I don't know this if this was his first and only job. He's done a couple other side gigs over the years that I've known him, uh, but this has always been his first and main focus. And so 40 years, there's only, there, there's really no way to replace that much experience in an industry. But just think of what all you're going to know after 40 years of doing this, Sarah. You think it's going to change a little bit? Oh, absolutely. And I think about, I have friends that have worked in the radio industry for many, many, many years. And we say a lot of different things that have stuck with us. Like we call carts carts because they used to be an actual cart uh-huh. but it's all digital now okay so i have never actually seen a radio <laughs> cart but that's what we call it is i'll a be cart. darned yeah see it you know it's tomato tomato whatever industry you're in you know if you take it seriously you excel in it and this is kind of across the board this isn't just automotive related but that's really cool that it has has basically stayed consistent even though the industry has changed over mm-hmm. the years and you guys have kept up on it that is really a neat yeah, thing yeah another thing that we do say is we say we're going to roll some tape mm-hmm. and basically that means we're going to record but we don't roll tape it's all digital now wow. so that's another different thing that has kind of even though it's shifted in the the radio industry. It's definitely stuck around. At least the saying has, at least. And it's just a different way of doing it now. Yeah. And, and now that you kind of point that out, obviously, you know, I'm kind of like a part-timer at this, if you will. But I've seen a lot of consistency. You know, people that get in media and radio, at least in my experience, typically stay quite a while. It's almost like the industry chooses you, if you will. It's not like there's hundreds of people that are taking care of business. All the work that gets done at all these different stages uh, stations is really done by just a, a kind of a small handful of folks. And, you know, you guys do that at a very high level. Over my career, I've I've interacted with some other stations and other markets and whatnot, and not everybody takes care of business like you guys do. So very um, big kudos there. That makes there. my heart happy. And, and it's true. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it as well, being in the industry. Um, when you see somebody not doing it at the level that they should be doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, we, you know, even though maybe you're a competitor or you're something else, you need to be better at your job because you're making me look bad, even though you don't necessarily work together at the same team. So. I've had that. I've trained quite a few people. I've do, I also do a lot of training when we do have interns. Oh, okay. oh, I guess I could shout that out. If you ever are listening and you're like, hey, I would like to intern at the radio station, you can do that. Nice. Fun fact of the day. But yeah, I I do most of the training for our interns mm-hmm. and for our new hires that are going to be producers. It makes me feel humbled whenever I do train other producers, but I love to train them a certain way, not mm-hmm. just uh, my way or the highway. I love to train them like if you have a better way to do it and if you want to teach me a better way, I'm okay with learning that too. 
Well, and I've actually got to watch you do that a time or two over the years. And uh, you're a very good teacher as far as that goes, because not everybody that can do can teach. And not everybody that can teach should do, by the way. Uh, just because you're good at teaching something doesn't mean you're good at doing it. And you have a very rare skill. Obviously, you do it very well here. And I have seen the product of your training as well. Um, I've been able to work with Katie from time to time. Yes. And I can remember when you were teaching her here in the studio. And then later, you know, she was on her own. I couldn't help her. All I know is if something happens, press the red button over there. But... You weren't here. You were taking care and living life and doing your stuff. And Katie ran that thing with all the bells and whistles and switches and buttons and all that jazz. Like, like, you know, it was natural to her. So, um, I not only got to see the, the process of training, but I've got to see the, uh, process of what you were able to empower somebody else to do, which is very cool. Yes. By the way. And I love, love Katie as an example oh of gosh, that because she's, star. yes. And she has, uh, went and, Went on and done bigger and better things here at the station. She's still here. She yep. does our weekend production, but she also does all kinds of different things with our sister station on power. She mm -hmm. helps our sales team out. She's really grown into an she amazing has. role, and she is just an absolute fantastic thing. So I love the fact that I was able to train her, and she's just really taken off. She she's has. my protege. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people, I think, I don't know how much time we got left, a few minutes here, Sarah. A lot of people get, I don't want to say insecure about training or bringing new people into your job or whatever. It makes you less in demand. I could not uh, disagree more. And I, and I think I can make this statement and reading it in you, you don't feel that threatened in any way. It's empowering to see somebody else either get to your level or better. And it opens you to broaden your skills into new and other things, which I've seen you do here. You know, if you were tied to every Saturday producing all the shows, that limits you from being able to broaden your wings and get into other stuff. So uh, the the void of talented people is great. So the more we can bring on, the more we open our own horizons, as well as if I want to master something, try teaching it. And it always makes you better at doing it, in my opinion. If I have to teach somebody how to do something, I have to raise my level of understanding and communication. And it makes me better by instructing somebody else and raises my level. So Think think about that out there. If you have a good teacher or you are a good teacher, realize they're putting in a lot of effort in it. And if you participate and are a good student, you're both going to be better off for it. So I don't know if that's a good way to say it. but There you go. I had so much fun doing this, this show. Was awesome. And I really want to thank Harlan and Darren and Ryan and all of the team over at A1 for yep. allowing me to sit down and interview them. It was so much fun getting to hear their little stories. I get to hear yours all the time, and I enjoy them quite a bit. But uh, it was definitely fun listening to theirs as well. Yes. So maybe we'll do another show like this I in the future. I think we definitely should. This was a wonderful yeah, idea. Yeah, and maybe we'll get to interview a couple people from the Republic shop or... We'll bring somebody over from the Fort Street location. If any of them want to do it, hey, mention it to them. Yeah, no, I definitely will. We'll see what we can do for everybody. Perfect. Well, if you're out there in Radio Land, you have a question or a comment, don't 
hesitate to reach out to us, you can reach us on the talk and text line 417-447-5743. Once again, that is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF. That is both on Facebook and on our Getter, which is basically the conservative version of Twitter. So you can reach out to us on there. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe. Bye.